And what I want women to feel, I want women to embrace their fertility and feel fully capable of creation in their physical bodies. But we have been taught that that's not possible. Fertility has become a disease. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore Supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Back in July of 2018, I received an autoimmune diagnosis that was Hajimoto's thyroiditis. And it was highly recommended by multiple doctors that I was seeing to wait a full year to try and get pregnant. Now, we were planning to start trying to conceive in September, just a few months after July, that very year when I was 39 years old. But that all changed that very day that I got that diagnosis with an autoimmune disease that affected the thyroid. See, my thyroid levels were all over the place, and I knew that thyroid hormone was critical to maintaining a healthy pregnancy. So that July, I committed that I would spend the entire year getting healthy and getting my autoimmune condition into remission so that my body felt strong and ready to get pregnant at 40 years old. Now, I'm not going to pretend. I definitely had some concerns and reservations about getting pregnant a full year later. I mean, it felt like I had already waited long enough and waiting another year felt like such a long time, but it also meant that I could be really intentional on preparing my body for such a big and energetically massive transformation. Because I don't know about you, I don't know of any transformation as miraculous or massive as a woman being pregnant and giving birth to a baby. Like game changer, right? And I had also been knowing that the rate of infertility in both men and women were on the rise and that getting pregnant at 40 years old was a bit more risky, definitely doable, but more risky on a metabolic level. And that's because pregnancy is the ultimate stress test on a woman's body. Although we don't really talk about that, it's important to know that it is. Now, fast forward to October of 2019, after waiting well over a year, I finally felt really healthy and ready to get pregnant. After doing Dr. Cleopatra's Primester program, who, if you have not checked her out on the show, she's been featured on the show many times, especially during 2020. And then I got pregnant in November that year. Now, unfortunately, I lost that pregnancy on January 8th of 2020. Then I spent another two months going back on my autoimmune protocol, taking natural progesterone, reducing my stress, and really boosting my nutrients. And in March of 2020, I was pregnant with Kingston. Now, I ended up staying 
on that natural progesterone until week 15 to ensure that my body had enough to maintain the pregnancy. And towards the end of that pregnancy, in case I've shared this with you before or not, they were definitely complications. I ended up getting induced the day before my 38th week due to early symptoms of preeclampsia that were steadily getting worse. Kingston was actually born at 39 weeks exactly to the day. And It was quite the journey, to say the least. And there were days I wondered if I would ever get pregnant at 40 years old, especially with an autoimmune disease and struggling low progesterone levels. Because I know that infertility is on the rise for both men and women, I always want to dive into what can we do? So I invited Dr. Christiana Northrup to shed light on some of the biggest causes of infertility in women and what can we do to optimize our fertility. And this is not just about getting pregnant. This is about overall longevity because having reproductive longevity for as long as possible is really the name of the game for us. Because if we can maintain that, gosh, into our late forties, we set ourselves up for success. So before I welcome Dr. Northrup to the show, I want to quickly sing her praises. Dr. Christiana Northrup is a board certified OBGYN and a leading authority in the field of women's health. She's written three New York Times bestselling books. She's hosted eight successful public television specials. She's been on Oprah Winfrey over 10 times and in 2013 named Reader's Digest one of the 100 most trusted people in America. She's had 30 years of clinical practice, so she knows the body inside and out and she stays up on top of all the current research and information about what is going on with women's bodies, including how we can up-level our fertility and our ovulatory cycle. So without further ado, I can't wait to welcome Dr. Northrup to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Northrup. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. It's wonderful to be on the show. Everything is uh, terrific. It's that perfect, perfect end of the summer weather, clear as a bell. Um, You know, the gardens are just flourishing. And, uh, you know, it's that peak. It's like, ovulation kind of, you know, poop, it's all working. <laughs> it's, it's the main event of summer. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, I love that you mentioned ovulation because one of the conversations that we're going to have today is around fertility. And I would love to know kind of, I know clearly, you know, one of your defining moments for you was, you know, even wanting to be an OBGYN was, was watching the birth of babies. And so yeah. I know fertility has been such a big part of your journey of wanting to support, support women, serve women. And I know that you're being called deep into that again today. And and I would love to know why. Well, because human fertility is, uh, has been under attack for, I would say 70 years, maybe 70, 80 years. So let's take a look back. Fluoridation of water is not necessary and it hardens, calcifies the pineal gland. And so that's our deep intuition, our third eye. Then we have GMO crops, which are sterile. The seeds of GMO crops do not reproduce. And uh, so you might have remembered when some of the farmers, there were organic farmers, when the GMO crops would come across the field in the wind, those farmers would get sued by Monsanto for using their, uh, their patented seeds. Sperm count has fallen 60% in the last 30 years. And 
I've never seen so many women. When I did my training, New England Medical Center, but St. Margaret's Hospital for Women, which is no longer there, many, many, many of our patients were Irish Catholic women. And they got pregnant constantly. Like every year it would be another baby. The only way to get them to stop having babies was a cesarean hysterectomy, which was sometimes done because in their in that faith-based community, they wouldn't allow birth control of any kind. And so the only way to stop them from having babies was literally when they had the last baby to remove the womb, which is very extreme. Extreme. We're not seeing that anymore. Uh, we're seeing women, women who are 35 to 40. I mean, I'd see women 42, 43, 44, Irish Catholic constantly would get pregnant till they were 48. Now, for a vast number of reasons, but including programming, women age 35 and on are certain that they need to freeze their eggs. When 10 years ago, they would not have had any problem conceiving, but we've created this assisted reproductive technology. So then everyone assumes that they're going to need the assisted reproductive technology. Also, we have women who've been on birth control. That's artificial hormones. Those are not native to the female human body. And in some women who had abnormal periods, spotty, whatever, before they go on the pill, then their periods, quote, regulate, which is just artificial from artificial hormones. And then they come off the pill and have the same kind of anovulatory cycles that they had before. So it's just masked something. And what I want women to feel, I want women to embrace their fertility and feel fully capable of creation in their physical bodies. But we have been taught that that's not possible. Fertility has become a disease. We have a kind of an epidemic of PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, insulin levels that are too high. Now we have this thing called the body positive movement. Well, I think it's great to be positive about, about your body. It is not okay to celebrate obesity as some kind of standard of body positivity. If you have done as many surgeries on obese women as I have done, you know that the omentum, which is an apron of lymphatic tissue and a little bit of fat over the abdominal organs, that becomes so packed with fat globules that you can barely get at the operative site that you're trying to operate on. This is not healthy in any way, shape or form. So we've been slowly like the frog being slowly boiled in the water. We've been talked out of our innate connection to the earth, to the uh, lunar cycles, fertility, and I had to laugh. There was a funny, funny meme. And it was in the 1960s. We can do anything men can do. Uh, then we moved to the 70s and 80s. And we had the, the power suits with the shoulder pads. Then we came to like Rachel Maddow, we are men. And then you come to the transhuman agenda and men are women, but we are men. It is, it's nuts. 
It is nuts. nuts. Well, and I think all the things that you mentioned, Dr. Northrup, all the trends that have moved us away from health and our menstrual cycle, our ovulatory cycle being a pinnacle, a one of the important um, lifelines to tell us if our bodies are healthy or not. So whether we're trying to get pregnant, looking to stay fertile for as long as we want, it's more so an indicator of our overall health, how our, yeah, our fertility. And I think that's a big piece that, that you're seeing too. Whether you're getting pregnant or not, if our bodies are, are unhealthy due to the chemicals, the GMOs, due to the stress, you know, the environmental toxins, hormonal birth control, which ugh, all the things that were wrapped into cause dysfunction, insulin resistance, metabolic dysfunction, all of that. And now our menstrual cycle as a key indicator of our overall health is not functioning properly as our bodies, us as women, our, our female bodies, well, it's in danger. It is. It is. What can we be doing, Dr. Northrup? What can we, you know, we, our fertility is definitely at risk. You know, women come to me every single day, either they're trying to get pregnant or they're just trying to address the hormonal imbalances that they're experiencing, whether it's severe estrogen dominance, it's PCOS, progesterone levels in the menopausal range at 37 years old. Yeah. What is it that we can do to turn a little bit of this around just so we feel good in our body again? You've got, first of all, the main thing is to connect with our mother, the earth. So we, we call it mother earth for a reason, right? If you just stand on the earth for 20 minutes barefoot, you will decrease cellular inflammation, which is the root cause of all chronic degenerative diseases. You reduce that by 20%, just standing on the earth. So 20 minutes a day, if you possibly can. The other thing is getting natural light into your eyes because the eyes are a portal to the brain and natural light, full spectrum light on the retina and back on the optic nerve will change hormonal levels. I mean, when I was trying to get pregnant as a resident, I was inside all the time, as in the hospital all the time. So I made sure that I would take a walk without my contact lenses in. And at the time I was keeping my basal body temperature, drawing it out on a graph because we didn't have all the apps. And what I noticed is before I started in the sunlight, the ovulation rise in temperature, it's usually 0.8 degrees when you ovulate and the progesterone comes on on board, which is warming and, and so on. So before the walks outside with the sun. And by the way, it's not like you're staring at the sun. It's it's ambient light coming in to the eyes without glasses or contact. But before, it was a stepwise progression up to ovulation. So, you know, you the temperature would rise, but once I got the sunlight, the temperature rise was that. It's like whoop, straight up, indicating a much more robust burst of FSHLH, follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, and a healthier corpus luteum, which is the body in the ovary, it's bright yellow, that produces progesterone. So you need natural light. And think of it now, we are on screens. You can So you can use the blue blocking glasses. That's really helpful. Because remember, light is a nutrient. It's a nutrient. So the other thing you want to do 
is get your vitamin uh, D levels to optimal. Now you can do that again by being more in the sun. There are women who've taken 10,000 IU of vitamin D with K2 during the day and for months and the vitamin D level never goes up. The minute they begin to get it from the sun, their levels go up. And remember vitamin D is both a vitamin and a hormone. So again, try to sunbathe. You do it not at high noon. You do it like um, maybe 10 in the morning, um, three or four in the afternoon, depending on where you live. The closer to the equator, the further out you got to do it, more dawn, evening. In Maine, you can make vitamin D under the skin only between about March 15th and October 15th then there are no UV rays that'll create vitamin D. So you want to get that sunshine while you can. You cannot overdose on naturally procured vitamin D. And the most you'll ever get, and this is Caucasian lifeguards, 10,000 international units, 30 minutes in the sun. That's as far as your body will go. But that's also the level at which Michael Hollick, a world expert on vitamin D from University of uh, Boston University, that's the amount that he recommends to push vitamin D into your cells. So the natural way is sun exposure. I've also just re- recently listened to Dr. Joe Mercola talk about, and this is so important for fertility, linoleic acid, plant oils, are not good for fertility at all. And if you, so get rid of the seed oils, that would be safflower oil, soy oil, sunflower oil, all these oils that you have been told are polyunsaturated fats and they're good for you. They are deadly. You will not get a sunburn if you don't have much of those oils in your body. Now, the problem is, now you remember when McDonald's did their French fries in lard, you know, and everyone was like, ah. well, they're way better if you do them in lard. It's way healthier because you don't have that seed oil that is the basis for cellular inflammation. Mm. So that's another thing that you can do is stay away from the seed oils. And then the sun, you can take more sun without getting a burn. Because nobody wants their skin. I mean, look at those women, I always do, who live in Colorado and they moved there, let's say from the East Coast, and they live in Colorado for a year, high altitude, punishing sun, and the skin just, they get leathered and you don't want that look. So you can, if you'd like, you can put a piece of cloth over your face and then, you know, sunbathe on the rest of your body, but you won't need, you won't need more than 15, 30 minutes a day, anything related to the earth. So fresh, clear water when you can find it. I do mine, uh, you know, hydrogenated and structured and all of that. You can structure your water with a bottle that says on it, I love you. I mean, that will get a, a structure into the water, which holds memory. The other is to live as naturally as possible. Now, I don't do this, so I'm telling you something that I should do that I've never mastered, and that is getting up with the sun, going to bed at sunset. I stay up too late. I just plain do. 
but I've had my kids already. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but if you can get into the circadian rhythms, then for those women who don't have periods that kind of go along with the moon, begin to keep a record of when your period comes. The very idea, the very of just having the intent to cycle with the tides and the moon, the intent alone will sink you with the moon and the tides. You know, I first interviewed you. I had just, I don't even know, I was pregnant. And then we connected again. I just had the baby and I've been breastfeeding this whole time. He's now 20 months. And in July was my first period after, since February of 2020, uh, finally came back online and it came back with the full moon like, wow. like that. And then lined up in the, in the month of August as well. And so, you know, intention, one thing, is there anything else that we should consider when it comes to wanting to sync our cycle with the moon cycle? Nutrient wise, outside of intention, outside of grounding with nature. It, I was so happy to see that my body just lined right back up. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it is. It is. See, this is what I want women to know, but you have to pay attention because we we live in a very left hemisphere dominant world where most doctors are, you know, they're measuring hormone levels and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I, I've gotten to the point where I don't like all that measuring and all of that stuff. It just, it, it, um, I'd much rather go with symptoms. But if you're having problem, a little um, Vitex, uh, which is chaste berry, or a little natural progesterone. If you don't know when your cycle is, you just start at the full moon and a little bit every day for 14 days to when your period would be. The other thing is hang around naturally ovulating women because the pheromones from the other women will adjust you. You know, because everyone knows that, you know, when you're in a college dorm, you all get your period at the same time. In the Moon Lodge, people got their periods at the same time, you know, all of that kind of thing. So pay attention to the magic of that because that astounds me. Even with all the EMF, even with the computer screens, even with the television, even with the 5G, all of it, we're still mammals. We still have that become ovarian sisters you know, yeah, and, it, yeah, I have a nanny and a personal assistant, both incredible girls, younger in their twenties. I think twenty-seven is their age. And I, as the as the hormone doctor, like we're always having conversations, we're always talking about it. And I had no problem announcing, you know, that I was like, oh my, yeah. here, here we are, you know, almost two and a half years later, here I am. It's really the, fantastic. It is, and the girls had just started their cycle that day too. All three, all three of us oh at the God. exact okay. same time. <laughs> it's so magical. It's so magical. And think about it. For so many decades, we're taught not to talk about it or not to share this or or whatever. And it's sort of where all the magic is. It is where all the magic, it is. It's it's literally all the magic. You know, that's that's why I love this show so much is we need to understand that it's, it's our superpower. Yeah. We need to treat it as such. You know, I can't tell you how I, I read a recent magazine article I went last couple of months that was really, you know, advertising that women don't need a period. We could just oh, skip I know. it. They have been at this for as long as I have had my MD. I remember this. I can't remember exactly when, but in a decade where suddenly you'd see all these articles about 
women OBGYNs saying that labor was dangerous, vaginal birth was dangerous. And so it's just prudent to schedule your C-section. And there was a birth control pill called Seasonal. I don't know if it's still out, but what they did, and, and I want women to know this, they always start with the women's magazines. They start with the women's magazines to implant an idea in you. And this one was that your period was dangerous. So therefore you only needed four per year. And so that's what the birth control pill did is that it literally made it just four times a year, but that's just that's just better living through chemistry. I mean, you can do that with any birth control pill, depending on what you, as you know, what you use for estrogen, progesterone. That's just, yeah. Yeah, it's so, tricky. So just notice that whenever they tell you, or here was another one they were scaring women with, and that was chronic incessant ovulation increased your risk of ovarian cancer. So therefore, you wanted to suppress the ovulation or you'd be more apt to get ovarian cancer. Mm. It's like nobody was talking about chronic incessant ejaculation. They never no, did. No, no, never did that. No, <laughs> no. Gosh, gosh forbid. Well, and, you know, I, we talk, I talk a lot about, you know, the, the power of ovulation and, and, and for the very reason of how critical it is that we have progesterone. Like the, I always say she's the hormone we took for granted or we take for granted because yes, yes true. <laughs> and I, you know, all the benefits, oh my gosh, once you lose her, you're just like, where did she go? And, you know, I, I speak into that, like the superpower of that hormone alone is reason enough for me to want to ovulate as long as I'm just going to ride it till the wheels fall off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And, but remember everybody, in case you got anyone on here, who's, you know, like 45 or older and is afraid, right. Afraid of this next phase of life. Remember that your FSHLH stay up at the ovulation level, uh, to be maximally cross-pollinated from all different sources. And they stay up in that wisdom range the rest of your life. So how they were right at ovulation, they stay at that level for the rest of your life. Once you're finished with menopause, which is you know, average age is 52, but there are people in their 60s who are, you know, still ovulating and going through. So what I want people to know is ovulation fertility is so fascinating because, and I and I remember colleagues would say to a woman, well, you know, you're never going to be able to have a baby. And she'd show up pregnant. I mean, don't ever, ever, ever tell that to a woman, first of all, because it's just not true. And second of all, that alone will increase your stress hormones. So when you get excess cortisol and epinephrine, that will change the metabolism of hormones, particularly in the face of excess insulin from eating too many carbs, which you eat because you're depressed from the fact that some dude or woman just told you, you would, you know, you'd never get pregnant. I mean, I'm astounded at the body. And also, I know you've seen this, and it's this. When a soul wants to come in and be with you, I swear to you, they are going to do it. They are going to do it. Uh, my sister got pregnant during her period. That should never happen. And, and, you know, there's this thing called obligatory ovulators. Cats and rabbits are obligatory ovulators. If you want to study them in the in the lab, you literally use a rod 
as though it is a fertility thing and they will ovulate from the stimulation of the sort of pseudo sex act. But I swear to you, humans can do the same thing when a soul wants to come in. There's also something really interesting that Julie Ryan, a medical intuitive told me, and that is when a baby is coming through that is going to be adopted out, the birth mother and the mother who's gonna raise the children both have the little orb of the soul on their shoulder. She can see it. Mm, that amazing. So you, in a way, you always get your, you always get your own children, as it were. They might come in a different route, but you always get your own children. That's powerful. It is. Uh, last, I want to just ask you. I know you're talking about a little bit of that transition, and some of my women are going through that at that end of perimenopause. Obviously, mm-hmm. we want to maintain ovulation all the way through. Any words of wisdom, Dr. Northrop, that you can give us in terms of just ushering into that next, that next beautiful journey? Yeah, what I see right now is that Mother Earth, the whole human race is in perimenopause right now, where there's a lot of changes happening. I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock to not see that something's up. What's up is exactly the same thing that's up for an individual woman. Okay, so you're at a crossroads, grow or die. You have to live from the dictates of your soul. Okay, Everything that you ever wanted to do, but thought it was too late for you. In my case, it was, you know, tango dancing and all that. You want to begin to live so that you're beginning to include the things you've always wanted to do, but you thought that life got in the way and you could never do them. There's a way to do everything. So you want to begin to plant the seed because remember uh, the reproductive years you're preparing to give birth to someone outside of yourself, a child who has their own soul and their own trajectory. Now you're pregnant with yourself starting at 42, which is the Uranus opposition where you have to live from the inside out from the dictates of your soul. So that begins, but what'll happen. Okay. So this is what you all need to know. It will show up as you being irritable, angry, with your children, maybe your partner, your boss, your best friends, because they're not getting it about who you are becoming. So please understand that that anger, that irritability is you. It's all you no longer satisfied with what worked just fine for you in the past. Keeping the peace, not picking a fight, knowing it's not worth it to get in a fight over this gift or where the towels folded or did you boil the water? None of that stuff. Uh, One of the stories that I have in my book, The Wisdom of Menopause, is a funny story, which is this, this woman begins to explain perimenopause and she says, here I am and my husband doesn't bring me my coffee in the morning and suddenly I've got a whole story in my mind about how he doesn't love me. And da, 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 da. It's those things. And so you want to place the blame, as it were, where it lies, which is that you're growing, you're shedding an old skin. So for a period of time there, anything from three to seven years, you are letting the old way of being go as the new gets birthed. And you won't birth it without some anger. And anger generally means something that you want, something that you treasure, you're not getting. Now, what I want you to know is there's always a way 
to have it, to get it, but it won't be controlling through the left hemisphere. It won't be that. So you have to do, as Michael Beckwith, uh, this wonderful agape minister out in LA, he says, affirmations don't make something happen. They make something welcome. So you got to stop listening to the committee in your head about now it's too late to, you're too old to, or they'll never um, accept me or whatever it is. All of the negative patterns in your brain. It is your job to transform them. It's your job to transform them. Like I believe where planet Earth is going is into a new awakened state where we're going to have more organic gardens, more true connection, less AI, more actual human to human contact. That's where we're going. And at the moment, it looks like you're going to need a QR code or a quantum dot or a chip to do anything. Well, I'm not having that. I won't do that. And a whole bunch of people I know won't do that either. So what you want to do when you come up against limiting beliefs, which you will in spades, because that's what perimenopause is about. It is about clearing up the limiting beliefs so that you move into your wisdom years. And for many, it's the end of child caring and all that. And a lot of women, and I saw this pattern over and over, their last child was about to leave for college or go off to camp or something. And they would get pregnant again. And then they'd say, I don't know how that happened. (laughs) It's like, really, you have a PhD and you you don't know how that happened. But it was that they were delaying that inevitable next step where you grow into someone you have not yet been. You see, so that's what perimenopause is all about. And if you do the grow, not die, then what they tell you in medicine is, okay, now you're 50 and you need a colonoscopy and you need your mammograms all the time and you need these screeners all the time. And that has nothing to do with health. It's disease screening. You can have those if you'd like, but it's not building health. And every medical screening has a dark side, which is they see a little shadow on your mammogram. And then you go in for a biopsy and there's a little calcification and they're not sure. And I have a doctor friend and she said, finally, I just stopped. I just stopped doing them. She said, these are my breasts. I'll live and die with them. It's They're mine. I am not going to sit here and have what's called surveillance fatigue. Like every year they find a little something. It's been there all along or they get a new radiologist who's never seen it. So what I want your audience to know is lab tests and all the health screening is less accurate than you've been led to believe. And it can lead you down a path that's awful. Like for instance, in the last five to 10 years, the incidence of bilateral mastectomy, bilateral breast removal for DCIS, for ductal carcinoma in situ, which is not cancer. That's increased by like 400% because women are so terrified. They would absolutely rather sacrifice their breasts than tune in, do all, you know, it's how we're trained in this culture. You need an outside source to tell you how you are instead of cultivating the inside source, you see. 
that's the whole game of fertility. I was going to say, that's the big message. Isn't it? We've got to listen to that inner wisdom. Yeah. That's the big message. And that's the thing that they've been telling us not to do forever, ever. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Don't go there, you know, Mm -hmm. because then we couldn't control you, you know? I mean, and it's, you know, you've had a baby now, you've nursed. I mean, my God, your body somehow knew how to have the exact formula for your baby, like exact fats, carbohydrates, proteins uh, at each stage. So newborn is quite different from the milk now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, at every single stage, the body is, and and then whatever's in your environment, your breast milk is making antibodies to that stuff. So your baby is protected. We've got to get back to this stuff, you know, back to this wisdom of nature. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Dr. Northrop, thank you so much. It's been You're such so a welcome. pleasure. Yeah. Great. Where would you love us to go and check you out? Check me out on drnorthrop.com. And then because this is a, you know, women's health sort of perimenopausal audience, um, I'd like you to check out my supplement line, Amata, A-M-A-T-A, which means ageless, amatalife.com for my Peraria Morifica supplements and skincare. I've got, you know, kind of a, I tell you the stuff you don't want to hear over on Telegram, Dr. Christiane Northrup, but drnorthrup.com kind of has everything. And I have a a new substack called True North, where I kind of midwife people through this current time in uh, in history on our planet. Mm. So there you go. Powerful. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. It's been a pleasure. What I really appreciated with Dr. Northrup's recommendations today was the ease of actually doing them. We absolutely need to connect more with nature and avoid our screens all the time. We also need to be well-nourished and have tools to manage stress. Now, since Dr. Northrup has been a functional practitioner for goodness knows over 30 years now and has a pulse on what can support women in a big way, I want to highly recommend going to her website, drnorthrop.com, and checking out her amazing Amata Life product line, which is at amatalife.com. Now, I'm going to have the links to both in the show notes for this episode so that you can go and check them out and just gleam the wisdom of this incredible woman. Now, as always, thank you so much for listening in on the Essentially You podcast. The show is about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. Now, if there's someone in your life that needs to hear this episode today, take a moment and screenshot this episode, send it on to the, over to them via text message, social. I mean, honestly, get in where you fit in, whatever works for them. That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy and help shape the way that women's health is being offered these days. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.